Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Prime Subjective, uh, a Star Trek podcast. Uh, we are here today to discuss uh, Season 4, Episode 7 of Star Trek Discovery, um, But to Connect. And with me uh, is, as always, I'm Chris Newcomer, your host, and with me, as always, is our wonderful panel, uh, Mike Henley. Hello, hello. Carrie Hinners. Hi. And Jay Nim. My name is Jay. There you go. Yes. <laughs> got, a, got a good. Everyone came with a bit, and I appreciate it, um, as it should be. Uh, <laughs> well, welcome, y'all. It's been another couple of weeks. Uh, but we've had the benefit of um, having uh, Discovery on hiatus, so we've been able to take our little bit of time. Um, Sorry about that. That was my roommate leaving. And just, you know, the, that, this, is, this is how the cookie gets made, everybody. The podcast cookie when you have roommates. Sometimes there's background noises. <laughs> a lot of people leave because of the podcast. That's why they left. They couldn't handle it. Um, <laughs> kidding. Um, yes, so we had a little time off in between our last episode and this one. But um, before we dive into the episode, I do have to ask, how you doing? Uh, that's my favorite uh, my favorite segment we do. And so, Carrie, I'll start with you. How are oh. you doing? I'm doing great. I just got my booster shot today for COVID. Woo-hoo. I got my booster Excellent. shot. My arm's a little bit sore, but I'm otherwise feeling fine. I love that. I love that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Henley, how are you doing? Uh, I'm great. I'm. Uh, I wish I had some exciting news to report, but I feel like I just kind of don't. Although I will take an opportunity to actually correct something from last episode, just an oversight on my part, because I mentioned one of my awesome Star Trek related gifts that I got for Christmas, which was the Star Trek, the motion picture LP album to go with our new turntable. But I totally forgot about the second Star Trek themed Christmas present that my girlfriend gave me, which was actually the 1991 era Hallmark Christmas tree ornament of the original USS Enterprise to go along with my Enterprise D and D Space Nine uh, Christmas tree ornaments. So incredible, incredible find. So I'm I'm incredibly happy. Nothing says uh, uh, Christmas like a galaxy class ornament hanging on your tree. Uh, I think that's pretty fantastic. <laughs> um, hey Jay, how are you doing? Um, pretty good. One one thing that did happen star trek related sort of is i found and listened to the william shatner ben folds yay spoken words set to music. yeah <laughs> um yeah it exists <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't think there's really much to it, it just kind of you know it's one of the, it's one of those pieces of of work that just kind of is yeah mm-hmm. you don't you don't analyze it or like criticize it you just marvel at the fact that it was made and sit in its presence <laughs> and this is the one that the title of the album is has been is that correct um that should be it i think yeah i thought someone said that last time and i but maybe i i can when, when i, I listened to our out. podcast three different times and i heard it because i obsessively <laughs> listened to us because i have a real problem i thought i heard that <laughs> in the retelling <laughs> um i found it in in a in an album called Volume One with Fear of Pop and Ben Folds. Okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, we'll, okay. further okay. research we'll do, and we'll 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 get back to the our <laughs> our podcast <laughs> readers, listeners, <laughs> uh, watchers uh, next week with it with a, the true answer on what, whatever that might be called. <laughs> one thing, my favorite part of it was that there's a track called "In Love," which is track five, and it's 
it's a spoken word of William Shatner. And then the mm-hmm. final track, track 11, is called Still in Love. <laughs> mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. The, over the, over, takes the passes the test of time. We like that. <laughs> Still in love. Um, well, good, good. And how am I doing? Once again, Mike, you dropped the ball and didn't get to ask me before I asked myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Mike. I just do that. It's not, it's not my favorite bit to do because I, I know you want to do it. I know you want to ask me. Um, I'm doing great. Uh, things are good. Uh, I did get a uh, Star Trek. Um, schematics blanket like it's a blanket with the schematics of the enterprise d on it from my roommate which is a lovely gift um which is now adorns my couch and lets any potential um you know suitors understand you know what they're getting into when they come to my apartment if i haven't yet mentioned my deep interest in trek um but other than that it's been nice it's been uh you know i'm sure everyone's experiencing the joys of uh, a dark January, which brings you know uh, its own uh, uh, <laughs> you know struggles, but other than that, it's been it's been a good a good bit. So why don't we dive in and start talking? Oh, I, I completely forgot. Oh my goodness, I forgot, Carrie. We've got Trek in the news. Trek in the news. Trek in the news. Insert jingle here. Yeah, there we uh, go. <laughs> yeah. So, Trek in the news. I have a Trek fact today. Yeah. Did you know that there are lyrics to the original theme song written by Gene Roddenberry? Gene Roddenberry, there's also some sort of controversy because the lyrics did not make it into the song because it was superfluous, not needed. But because of because Gene Roddenberry wrote lyrics to the song, he got um, royalties for it even though was he not already anyway. making enough money off of star trek <laughs> yeah, so there was some there was some like why did you do that you did this just for the royalties whatever but anyway i thought i would share with you the lyrics to the theme song of the no by share do you mean you're going to sing them to us to the original series theme is that what you're going to do or are you just going i was to sh- going to spoken word read them uh, okay. william shatner style fair enough fair enough <clears throat> let me clear my throat i mean Chris, if you want to do the singing, you should. I mean, I would never sing. I can't believe you'd even suggest that. How dare you? Just send me the lyrics. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Um. <laughs> Let me just read them, and then yeah, you can them. interpret them, them how they are. I don't know how the inflections will go. I don't know the notes. Sure. So here we go. <laughs> Beyond the rim of the starlight, my love is wandering in star flight. I know he'll find in star-clustered reaches. Love, strange, love, a star woman teaches. I know his journey ends never. His Star Trek will go on forever. Oh my God. Tell him, but tell him while he wanders in his starry sea, remember, remember me. I feel like Remember Me is the only part of that I can put to the actual tune. The rest of it, I'm like, where does it fall? <laughs> but that one, I'm like, remember, remember me. That makes sense to me. But everything, yeah. the rest of it, I've no, not a clue. No. Not a clue. Yeah. And, no. and the whole thing is acting like there's some long, drawn-out romance that's happening. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Strange love a star woman teaches. I like it. Well, woman, it's yeah. possible that <laughs> they never woman. matched up the music to the lyrics. The lyrics and the music might have been written separately and they never put it together. So, you know what? All right. There it but is. The, there you have I will, it. I will, yeah. I will, uh, I will um, see what I can do putting those two things together because I feel like that's <laughs> yeah, a fun challenge it. and I think I'd like to try. Mm-hmm. 
Um, maybe it. not for this app, but maybe for another. Um, okay. Another thing yeah. that's happened in Star Trek news, um, unless anyone else, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to, to completely skip off the lyrics. Anyone else have lyrics thoughts? Mike, uh, I think you <laughs> I just, I, I, because I believe, I mean, Carrie, you touched on this, that, um, you know, there's a lot of debate about why these lyrics were written. And uh, a lot of it comes down to, uh, at the very least, the gentleman who wrote the actual music, uh, who is Alexander Courage, I think he is firmly in the camp of Roddenberry wrote this to get royalties because because of the fact that now he had a, a co-author he didn't want it, they basically had to split the royalties. So, ah, it, it, so he basically go. walked away screwed out of money. Um, so, yeah, and it's one of those things of where, like, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be like, yeah. you know, but was I don't want to be ethical. Was it ethical? Was I mean, it unethical? Like it was part of his deal to write the lyrics. So <laughs> was it unethical or ethical that he did it? I don't know. I, I, don't I, I, I would buy the premise that, oh, these were definitely lyrics that were written to be on the show in some way, if the lyrics were better. <laughs> yeah if there was any effort to actually make the two things match or yeah. the lyrics to actually reflect what the series was actually about <laughs> instead of you know star woman uh, <laughs> yeah this is not just doesn't happen no there's a star man reaching for yeah it, it has that vibe for sure it has that vibe for sure these lyrics have like a big neon sign saying not intended for public consumption I right guess. right <laughs> Yeah, the, 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 the title on this file was First Thoughts. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that's very funny. Well, one other thing that's going on uh, Star Trek news-wise is that we got a new trailer for the new season of Picard. And, Yay! and uh, I'm very excited. And an old friend appears in it, good old Guinan. I, <gasps> I, when I saw them, well, saw her, I was so excited. I just, I love Guinan so much. Um, I'm so glad that she has a life in this series. Um, anybody else have thoughts? Anybody else get to see it yet? Or It's a cool trailer. I really enjoyed it. Um, I loved, because I, I feel like they've been so quiet on this. I know that there was a clip going around of Patrick Stewart when he was on The View like two years ago, um, which Whoopi is on, of course, uh, where he formally invited her to be on the show. And then hearing about the new season, I was just like, so is that happening or is that not happening? And I, I guess they just saved the surprise for this trailer. Um, so I was very excited about that. Um, and I'm just, I'm very intrigued about what this story is going to be this season. Cause we have, you know, a lot of like kind of glimpses, but I'm just not hundred percent sure how it fits together. It's Q, yeah. it's Guinan, it's a Borg queen, it's present day stuff. It's time travel. It's alternate universes. Like what's going on. Um, but all those things are things that, you know, sound like good ingredients to me. So. The only thing I have to say is I love the time travel episodes. <laughs> I, I get so excited when anything is time travel. When I'm watching a show and I'm just, it's not even Star Trek. And then suddenly they throw time travel into it. I'm like, oh, I love it extra now. <laughs> I just love it. So anything time travel, I am here for it 100%. I cannot wait. I agree. I feel constrained by the time I live in. Why wouldn't I love a show that yeah. explores <laughs> yeah. other timelines? Fantastic. I do. I love, I love it. That. That's good. Well, nice. Uh, and Jay, did you get to see the trailer yet? Or are you okay? I did cool. not see it. And I was wondering, is it is it John Delancey returning as Q? It sure he is. Sure yes. is. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. And it looks John like Q I mean from what Delancey. we can from what we can glean, uh, it seems like Q changes the timeline and then they have to go to to, to something where then the Earth is 
Earth does not develop in the way that the Federation comes about. So they have to go back in time. This is what I'm reading from it. They have to go back in time to our current era to fix something. Um, presumably uh, the 2016 election. <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, to make, yeah. I mean like not that. to you know not to get too yeah. political, but if, I don't no, think no, they no, would, no, they're no, not no. going to do that. All that'll be too on the head. But I'm just saying that would be something that could be fixed. <laughs> um, Didn't something uh, very similar happen in Enterprise, where like they? The, oh yeah, there was all sorts of time. Yeah, that yeah, travels yeah, back yeah. in time and helps the what Nazis is, win yep. World War II. There was a temporal war. The oh, whole Enterprise yeah. was all about the temporal, right. uh, the time wars, basically. So. I didn't and they have to that. actually spend like two yeah. episodes yeah. in 1945. Yeah. I, I, I love that, especially because like the behind the scenes stuff when, on Enterprise was so fascinating because that, that was that was a cliffhanger from season three and four. And um, season four, basically the show got new showrunners, basically. And so it was really this kind of like, you know, uh, this kind of coin toss to them in the sense of basically just like the cliffhanger is just, you know, crash landing, whatnot. And oh my God, there's an alien in Nazi uniform. And basically they had no notes. They were basically just like, hey, you guys, <laughs> you figure it out. You figure out why this is happening. We're out. No notes. I just love that. Bye. No notes. No notes. Bye. <laughs> and they're just like, uh, okay. Um, so it's got this weird kind of like, they're really fun episodes, but it's got this weird kind of like, ah. Uh, we're trying to lift ourselves out of this how are we doing got a feel to it that i really enjoy <laughs> that's great it. and i i um it's funny because i'm now i'm just finally i know you i've been continuing to update you on my journey with deep space nine which is why carrie's background is fitting she's got ds9 as her background yeah. so yeah. i just got out of the dominion war which you guys were not kidding <gasps> that thing lasted I, i'm really we're not even out of it they've just reclaimed deep no. space nine so oh, I mean, excellent. Oh, <laughs> you're not out of it. Yeah, no, no, no. It goes on. It's like, still it goes going. On. Yeah. I'm just in the middle good. of a lighthearted Klingon wedding. That's really where I am, Carl. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Which I'm very much oh, enjoying. Yeah. And also, who knew that Alexander would grow up to be such a smoke show? What a handsome young man he is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Yeah, quite a handsome guy. What a handsome guy. Uh, even even Quark says it. He says, uh, you know, yeah. what, what a handsome guy must get it from his mother. And then he like looks at Worf and he's like, hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that's, we're not here to talk about Deep Space Nine. We are here to talk no. about Star Trek Discovery, season four, mm -hmm. episode seven. But to connect, I've got some notes here I'm going to go through. Um, and I'm going to try to go through sort of... Um, uh, act break by act break. So we're trying to get get us through to where the commercial happened and then we can sort of talk about what would happen since that's naturally what would happen if we were watching it together, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're not doing like um, plot by plot? Like story. A story, B story. Yeah, I, I kind of because they, there are so many stories now that I this one felt better, and I, I got so I'm I'm trying to do it this way, um, just just to see. So and if it doesn't work, we can always you know uh, try a different way next time. Um. But so for this one, it opens, um, and Zora is doing some data analysis um, from from the void space, um, trying to get some answers um, to find the origin point of um, of the DMA. And we we have um, Stamets and Adira, and they're, they're they're trying to figure out what's going on and trying to get an answer. And Zora's like, "Oh, I I'm actually about to get an answer anyway." Um, it turns out there's 147 possible origin points. Um, and then we, we cut to Michael and Book and Grudge, and Book really wants answers, and Michael is urging Book to have patience. Uh, and then we come back and Zora, we find out Zora does have the answers, but Zora refuses to give us the answers because uh, Zora is trying to keep the crew safe. Um, she, Michael tries to order her to give the answers, and she refuses. And we come to 
the opening. So what did that, what did the opening give you from that? What, 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 are, what thoughts do we have? Um, I love Kovich because when this show tries to be Disney, he's there to cut through the BS with his BS knife. Like, you know, when when Burnham's trying to, they're like, oh, but like I'll use my plot armor armor to talk to Zora, and Zora will come around. And Kovic just kind of goes, no, like, <laughs> and you know, there's that instance where where you know he asks for Burnham for an update, and Burnham says, well, it's not happening. But you know, we're I'm, Zora will tell us the coordinates. And Kovic goes, well, I didn't know you had your you had a what was it? We shared a background in cognitive science with a specialty right. in AI. <laughs> right. And then Burnham goes, well, well, we have a baseline of trust, and he says, and it hasn't paid off, and it's just no bs allowed you can't you can't just give your vague inspirational justification for things burnham um and he also helps make her aware that this is bigger than her because she's kind of just acting like her own charisma and gravity will carry us through this and kovich goes no but this is kind of a bigger deal than just you right this is about the whole ship and how artificial intelligence should be treated across the whole federation this is more than you it's kind of right yeah, I, I agree, especially because I feel like Kovic is the one person who I, I think this will, you know, depend a lot on, you know, your reaction, everyone's reaction to this plot uh, from this week, because Kovic, I feel like, is the one giving the energy that I was most sympathetic to, if only because you're right, Michael is doing a lot of like, well, the computer has declined to give us these coordinates, basically, but she will, it'll be fine, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like Kovic is basically, even the Federation president is basically just like, okay, that sounds like a problem, you should probably work on that right you know and Kovic is the one who's basically just like uh that's kind of a big deal I think we should probably like hash this out right now um which is kind of how I was feeling honestly I was so I was team Kovic and I guess Stamets actually um this week and I'm I'm sure we'll get into it but like Mm -hmm. everyone else was oddly just kind of like oh this is just a thing that happens like this is not a thing that should happen at all yeah (laughs) we should we should talk about that more when it gets to the the gritty details of what's happening Mm -hmm. sure yeah, it's kind of terrifying when you think about what's really happening. <laughs> yeah, which is why they had sent in Dr. Kovic in the first place, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so to determine Zora's sentience, to see what, sort of assess whether it is a threat or not, because we then find out in the next scene that um, <clears throat> this type of, um, that, a, that artificial intelligence is, in fact, illegal if it's integrated with technology. So if, if he deems it so, then Zora can be uh, removed from the ship. Which is sort of the the big their their what, what he's there to figure out, <clears throat> uh, and at the same time we have sorry I'm jumping unless I, someone has some thoughts I'm going to jump into sort of that first scene. Uh, cool. No. Yeah. No. Great. So then at the same time we have this multilateral. Actually, wait, I have one more question for you guys. Sure. So book. So after Burnham leaves, being dressed down by Kovic, she's basically like, you don't really know anything and you're not coming up with any real solutions. So let me do it while you go to the assembly. Um, book and Burnham walk and book says. So Burnham tells Book what's happening. And then Book says something that really confused me. He said, like, if if Kovic can't get the can't get Zora to tell us the coordinates and the DMA changes changes its position and heads towards another inhabited world, and then he's cut off and it just kind of moves on. And I wasn't entirely sure what he went, what he meant by that sentence. I think he's just uh, 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 reiterating that it's a time sensitive thing, that okay. it could a whole other you know, planet could be just like, like Quajon was. Yeah, sure. yeah. Okay. He's, they're, they're, yeah, they don't move they quickly don't enough. Want, yeah, they don't know when the next planet is going to get destroyed. So they yeah. just Got don't it. know. They just okay. don't know. They don't know when the next adorable tree child is going to touch a tree, learn yeah. something, and then immediately yeah. be exploded yeah. <laughs> yep, <right. laughs> for, for, for plot purposes and trauma. Um, 
Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's probably why. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was just a confusingly structured sentence. Like it felt like he was going to say another half of the sentence, and then mm. he yeah. just kind of got cut off. Anyway, all right, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then uh, we have that multilateral uh, DMA assembly that begins, and we get to we get we get to re-meet uh, General Ndoye from uh, United Earth and now Titan. She mm-hmm. ma- lets us know mm-hmm. that Titan is also now under Earth's representation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and Rilek, if you of didn't course... watch yeah if you didn't watch uh previous seasons of discovery that's important because there was a conflict between the saddle the the people who colonized titan and earth right uh so that and was discovery was kind of caught in the middle of it right in that discovery episode discovery was caught yeah. in the middle of it yeah right <clears throat> and, and if you don't have a brain general Ndoye tells you this very explicitly by saying we elected a leadership whose more inclusive approach was inspired by you in fact (laughs) right right. (laughs) exactly once again we learned that michael burnham makes everyone's lives better uh wherever that she goes Mm. which is good yeah Mm -hmm. i still have we have not seen any evidence of this council she's supposed to be sitting on is well, this who has, a, they don't have time. They barely have they time have to time. get the facts in for time. the episode. They don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have time. Okay, continue, continue, continue. So yes, we re-meet General Doye uh, from United Earth, um, and Rillick, after they they have that re that uh, reunion, Rillick um, assides to um, Michael and says she really wants to get Earth back in the Federation. You know, her mother, her mother who was from Earth, uh, descended of Earth, never got to go to her home planet because of the burn, because of all those things. Um, and then Book and Ron Tarka reunite, um, which, you know, is going to, you know, make for some some fun, because while they don't necessarily get along, they do have kind of the same goal. Um, and then the, the meeting begins and Rillick sort of calls broad, uh, for broader unity. Um, we will discuss, we will vote, we will move forward against this threat. That's her direct quote. And then we sort of have the, the core um, conflict that comes up. We got Nduye and Doye who wants to show strength and sort of the the um, Navarre side of things and they want to find a more peaceful way. So we sort of this peace versus power kind of uh, set up, uh, which is of course going to uh, come to a head as sort of Michael versus Book, as we see sort of see later on. Um, um, a- any thoughts on this first meeting before I move on to scene two from this little act? No, I think it was very well set up. I think it's very yeah. like, okay, this is what we're going to be discussing. This is the... Yeah, rife for conflicts, right. <laughs> this is the discussion topic and, um, you know, theory just, that we need to discuss. I find it really hard to for there to be any, like, rational justification for Ndoye's, like, plan. Like, even if you believe that that whoever sent the DMA should be attacked like to just send an armada immediately yeah. without any reconnaissance yeah. or anything like because that's what yeah. Ngoye says like we should convene an armada and attack and that's yeah. just insane yeah. how yeah. did you get to the to the top of any yeah. power structure with that like hot-headed irresponsible line of know. thinking she doesn't know like the dma is that powerful to do all of that then why do you think you could just take some ships and go in there and and right. go bang bang <laughs> you're dead Right. You'd have to be clinically insane to think that's a good well, course of action. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Later on in the episode, they think like, well, how are we going to do that? And then, you know, Ruan Tark is like, I have the answer. But they don't know that at this point in right. the show. Right. Correct. And so like, Correct. I, I wish they had been a little more sane with it, with somebody saying like, you know, yeah. maybe we should also do research into how we could... <laughs> 
you know? <laughs> well, I think once again, we come down to the thing where where these are, you know, they've got 10 episodes and shorter episodes. Yeah. So any of like the, the same things that maybe you or I yeah. would have chosen to do. But it doesn't take more time. Like all it does, yeah. all you need to do is have Ndoye, instead of saying Ndoye saying, we should convene an armada and attack. You should say, we should pool our scientific efforts to come up with weapons that would be effective against the DMA. Sure. I, 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 I hear what you're saying. So you, you, you want sort of the same point of view, but a more measured version of it. Yeah. I, like, yeah. yeah. I think the reason they did what they did was, and I'm, I'm not saying it's a good reason because I agree with it. It's clunky. I think it's a structural reason for in order to get Tarka kind of to kind of glide right in there, rather than come across like a maverick off, you know, from page one when he starts talking, and mm. therefore no one's even, no one, including even Book, is even willing to even maybe listen to him. Instead, it's more just like, well, he's just kind of piggybacking off of like, you know. Um, one of the vibes in the room and it's more just like and he might have a plan to actually do it okay let's let's listen to this guy i think that's the reason so that you know book can plausibly like plausibly kind of form that kind of weird you know support system for him i think you don't think i I agree with i agree with everything that everybody just said but i also think it's because they had just previously set up in the other scene with book going but if they get to another planet before sure. we get to do anything everything could explode so i think they're also just pressing that right. they could destroy more people in the sure. time it takes for us to figure anything out so we Definitely. better just yeah. go do strike first right yeah, and I think um, there's a little interim scene in between this, but I think it's probably good to talk about how this scene ends now, you know, um, so that that sort of power versus peace conversation continues. And then that's when Tarka takes his strong stand and uses it as he beams to that sort of uh, 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 point of uh, uh, right next to uh, the president and uh, saying that he can solve the problem without using a weapon that he's created, right? That's sort of his big thing is he sort of d- dives in as there's all this... Um, fighting going on yeah um, he, he does it in the, the scene after the next this one right right that's what i was saying I, just because yeah. they're connected i figured it would be good to yeah yeah and in the interim we, we, we see um we have the i call these the kovich zora sentience meetings uh <laughs> and you've got dr kovich and saru and stamets originally in there sort of uh discussing what's going on and stamets is scared zora will be another control it's brought up that while they're both artificial intelligences um control did not have emotions which zora does have which is a huge difference. Um, and then we find out that Kovic has the authority to remove Zora from the ship if she's a threat. Um, in Rush, uh, wonderful Adira and Gray to help. They want to help make sure that Zora is safe. And then uh, Zora comes up with a compromise, a failsafe to expunge her own sentience, a button they can press that will eliminate her from uh, discovery if they do deem her to be a threat. Well, that happens. That doesn't happen in the next scene, but it happens eventually over the episode, right? It doesn't no, that, matter. It does happen in the next scene. That happens I, all in one scene. That, that does all happen in all in one scene. scene. Yes, yes. Oh I did. Goodness. I did. I did. A, I did a beat by beat writing down of these things. This wow, time. So that, that, ha- in that, that was scene. that went fast. Okay, <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't realize that happened. Yeah, it does. And, 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 and then and then after that, it goes to to Tarka, sort of taking over yeah. the meeting room, and then there's the act break for this whole first whatever. There's one thing that I enjoyed. There was some, first of all, I, I am not, I understand what Stamets is saying as an argument. I can see for, for both plot lines of this show, I can definitely see both sides of the argument, like reasons, justifications Mm -hmm. for both sides, even for this, even the things that Stamets is saying. Mm -hmm. I do not like, and maybe this is my problem with the, the actor's delivery, 
or maybe this is just how he's portraying the character. I do not like the delivery of Stamets's lines. I think anything mm. that Stamets is saying could be valid, but he, the way he is saying it for me, it's not the words, it's the how that is coming across here. Yeah. And he's, it sounds to me like whining or sort of being irrational or shutting things down. It just sounds like he's not being... Alan Tudyk. You know, that's what <laughs> I definitely, I definitely <laughs> love Alan Tudyk is my favorite actor right now. And, and he is not in this show. And that's my biggest uh, uh, complaint about Discovery is that Alan Tudyk is not in it. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's that's my biggest problem with Stamus's argument is that he's just not a very compelling argumenter. <laughs> um, but you so you agree with what he's saying, but it's just his yeah. delivery is his least. Yeah, to be so it makes me feel like you need to calm down because nobody, everyone is trying to listen to you, and you're just <laughs> yeah. freaking out. Um, and the other thing that I really enjoyed again about um, what's his face, Kovich. Of course, Kovic is now our new favorite character. Mm, um, <laughs> when when uh, Saru is talking before anybody barges in, um, Saru says, well, she means well. And I liked this interaction from after uh, Saru says she means well, because that's something I feel like I hear a lot of people say to about others like, oh, well, you don't understand this guy. It's okay. He means well, or she means well. And I, and this is something that I've thought about a lot. And uh, for, personally, before this episode, it, it has sat, sat with me. Um, and so um, Kovic responds with, well, we always mean well to ourselves. The problem is what that means for others. Right. And yeah. I feel like, and I feel like that is so true, especially when people say that as an excuse for others, other behavior. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, well, his intentions are good. Well, of course, everybody has good intentions. You know, right. like people who are uh, waging wars, you know, have good intentions. They just, <laughs> their intentions don't match up with other people's intentions. So I, I, I enjoyed that part of this uh, uh, scene. Thought it was yeah. good. I, I sorry I, I totally there's something about like the when when Kovic is on the writers just like kick into another gear and I don't <laughs> I don't get it because like the rest yeah. of the show feels so different but then like yeah. this the Kovic scene where he sets himself up as a mediator between like Stamets and Zora is just a mm -hmm. brilliant piece of yeah. mediation yeah, yeah. And, like he, psychological he, manipulation because he feels like the adult in the room it yeah. always yeah. and and like when you first go into that scene it's not really clear what's happening zora's withholding something and kovic is there and it kind of seems like he's there to po possibly hand out a punishment and then <laughs> yeah. stamets comes in yeah. stamets comes in and, exper and expresses concern and kovic mm -hmm. immediately shifts the whole dynamic by putting himself as a mediator between stamets and zora and that way zora is yeah. not cornered as the one person causing right. malfeasance yeah. There's yeah. like two parties and then a lot of other neutral parties. And suddenly it's way less confrontational. Just, just a brilliant piece of mediation. There, there's something management. about how Kovic, David Cronenberg acts, does this character too, where I think part of it is the the act, the delivery of the character. A lot of the other characters on the show, they act very over the top, very fast, very intense. And he comes in with a very different energy where it's very understated. 
and uh, there's a lot of subtext and a lot of the, the other actors on the show, they, and as, I'm not saying it's them, they're probably, they may be directed to, to do that, but uh, that's, it's that very, it's that difference of like just being understated and calm is a very different vibe from everybody else. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's the actors. I think it's the writers because, like, you just—they don't—they're not given lines like this or subtle things like this to do. Like the previous character we had, who was supposed to be a master manipulator of people, was Philippa Giorgio, but yeah, mm. it was never done like in it well. It was always Giorgio being mysterious for the sake of being mysterious and like really mm. rubbing it in someone's face that she knew something that other people didn't. But like mm -hmm. a real yeah. person, people who can like mm -hmm. move people and mold people like Kovich will just yeah. do it. Mm -hmm. And if you're not paying attention, like you don't see it. Mm -hmm. But the mm -hmm. other people are just not given stuff to work with like this. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I do think also the director directs people to uh, act a certain way, mm -hmm. given the lines yeah. <laughs> that they yeah. are given. And you could definitely act the this line uh you could do it more understated you could go mm -hmm. a little bit more over the top uh <laughs> there's different ways it can be acted and i think they probably there's it's probably a mixture of those two you guys ever watch it with subtitles did you guys ever watch this i only watch every i watch everything, I watch everything, with, everything subtitles. with subtitles yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> just curious um, just do curious. you feel like there's one person who's like who's been in charge of the show um no, but uh, that might be because I think I know for a fact there hasn't been. Yeah, they're definitely right. They've had a couple yeah. different showrunners, right? So, so maybe I'm just letting that color my, you know, my, my my perception. I feel like if you were to not tell me, if you if I didn't know that and watch the show, I feel like I could still pick that up. I also yeah. feel like it doesn't help if like Jonathan Frakes is directing because like, how are you going to tell Jonathan Frakes that he's wrong? <laughs> uh, it was good though. I liked his episode. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, if you have like people returning yeah. as like celebrities directing, uh. I think when Jonathan Frakes directs, there's more um, humor in the episode. I think. he's also directed more episodes of Star Trek than almost anybody else. <laughs> anybody. I mean, yeah, he's done he's almost zero. every series, and yeah, he's really he's he's his. I think his um, track record speaks for itself. I would say. It's worth pointing out that Jonathan Frakes did not direct this episode. Oh, he did the last one. <laughs> he did the last one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, this episode was directed by Lee Rose, who I'm looking up there, and they've worked a lot on TV, but um, yeah, I, thought, I don't have a... I I've got a note here. It says that they really love when people are over the top with their line deliveries. That's crazy. That's I'm crazy. That's a, that's a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> that was Whoa, a joke. really? <laughs> no. I no. thought Michelle Paradise was the showrunner there. Is She's, it? She's well, the showrunner is different than the director. So the director is each episode, yes. the showrunner runs the whole season, you know? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, but we're I, so, let's just but, get the train back on track because we, I don't, yeah, don't yeah. want to lose steam. Um, sure. So next next, next uh, set of scenes, uh, we're in the assembly room again where Tarka explains his plan. Um, he needs to create, uh, oh, what did I write here? Cascading some space first? I don't know. What I, I, did, I did not clearly edit this enough. Create some <laughs> sort of cascading explosion <laughs> and the anomaly yes. will collapse and he wants to jump in Discovery to do it. We find out he They're wants like, to use... Are you talking about isolytic weapons? Right. Those we are banned out... in the Kittimer Accords. Exactly. We find <laughs> out he wants to use isolytic weaponry banned during the Kittimer Accords, which it turns out were um, negotiated by one Curzon Dax, which I found out in this <laughs> most recent, recent episode uh -huh. yes. of Deep Space Nine I was watching. <laughs> which can cause can cause huge damage to subspace and once again we come back to the uh, the approach peacefully versus destroy the anomaly sort of um argument uh 
And then we're back in the meeting about Zora, and we're arguing about the safety switch. And um, and Zora says that her primary function is to care for the crew of Discovery, and that she gave herself those parameters. Um, and then we're back at the assembly room, and Book says, uh, Michael, you're usually the one doing these things. Why are you being so hesitant to just jump in <laughs> and, and fight this thing? Which is a fair point, I will say. Um, <laughs> and they sort of, it leaves them at odds, sort of like, you know, this is the fight that they've been setting up all season between the two of them. Um, and, oh, oh, and then, and then, so Rillick once again, uh, wants Michael to do her dirty work so that she can remain impartial. So, so Rillick is asking Michael to be the person who delivers the address to make a plea for a peaceful approach. Um, and that's where that act break comes in. Thoughts on this, uh, this act. I, I, you mentioned the moment where, um, you know, Michael is approached basically just be like, why aren't you more like on this side? And like, all I can think is just kind of touching on what we said earlier. It's kind of a terrible plan with, yeah. with Tarka's thing. Even it's, it's a terrible plan because they even like tick through a couple of things. It's like, okay, so there's these, incredibly powerful and dangerous weapons that could damage subspace. And it's basically just like, oh, don't worry, we'll use them carefully. And it's just, how do we know this will even affect our target? Well, we kind of don't. How do right. we know that it will not cause collateral damage? Oh, it totally might. Um, <laughs> it like, definitely will. <laughs> yeah, it in fact, it de probably definitely will. And it's just like, this doesn't seem like a very good plan. Why would you think Michael would actually yeah. be? I mean, <laughs> it's weird. And, also, and we didn't talk about this, but Tarka, it, Tarka's motivation is extremely selfish. And I don't think we got yeah. to that point maybe in this episode. It comes uh, it comes up in the end, I think. It or, comes up in the yeah, end yeah, of the yeah, episode. Mm. It's like annoying, like, why do you care so much about this? So anyway, we'll talk about that at the end of the yeah. episode. Yeah, we get to that. Um, but God, I just really don't like Tarka. Like, the, no. <laughs> ugh, the fact that he says you failed because you're not me while talking to all these other worlds yeah. is just... Oh, like, oh, what a jerk. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, and it's not even like an entertaining, like, oh, I love hating him. It's more just like, he's annoying. Like, yes, like yeah. I agree. <laughs> he just like comes Why in and he's so, like, because... in... sorry, yeah. No, keep going. He just makes a show of being so mysterious, which is like the weakest way to write an interesting character. Like mm -hmm. if someone's <laughs> actually mysterious, like if someone actually wanted to hide something, they would act normal and they would act normal well, mm -hmm. right? Instead of going like, Oh, I might know something. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It oh, feels it's like it's like watching a student council meeting going wrong, honestly, or something. Oh. Like it just just yeah, like model UN. Yeah, it, it feels yeah. exactly like model UN, where it's basically just like, okay, let's try this again when everybody's matured a little bit more. Like it just yeah. Well, again, you know, Ruin Tarkas, yeah. No? no, it doesn't hope when Kovic is around. That's true. Okay, well, Ruin Tark is an asshole. We know that, but he's not the first asshole character we've seen on Star Trek. So Honestly, we would we like, would have and we would have no villains without asshole characters. Yeah. We need and them to be not, the villains. That's not the thing that stood out to me. What was standing out to me was how uh, um, uh, Michael Burnham was pushing that we need to determine intent before we act because one of the previous episodes she just learned that this season. She just learned that from her mother a few episodes ago. Like a few episodes ago, she was ra That's running after, yeah. running after. <laughs> so instead of we like this. Yeah, we were all talking about this. Like, what is, what's the big deal? And we're all like, 
mm, maybe she had to learn this lesson for something that's going to happen in the future. <laughs> it turns out, yes, something in the very near future. <laughs> the, yeah. the lesson. The lesson. <laughs> the way that's essentially just like, sometimes it's good to learn why people do things, which is just like, <laughs> how do you not know that already? Yeah, I, I agree. How did and you come up on Vulcan and not like learn that? Like, and then we had to resolve like, oh, was there justice? Justice was done. So now we have to determine the intent for this uh, dark matter anomaly and and find justice for um, planets of people that are dead. I would like hate to be under Burnham's command so much. Hmm. <laughs> I would hate it. I would not know. Like, I'd be like, I don't know what to do because last week you told me to do the opposite. So right. I literally am like yeah. stuck. Like I can't, I'm having so much stress um, right now. Oh, like she, could, she could use a course life. in management consistency. I yeah. think that's for sure. And, and oh, you're risking our lives based on like a whim that you have again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, you, did you see what happened on the bridge a moment ago where she just said, computer, do this. Then computer said, no, I don't feel like it. And she said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> What was that? What was that on that? <laughs> so sorry. If we could go back to the Zora conversation for a second. Um, sure. While I love the Zora plotline, I found this part really frustrating because Gray and Adira advocate on behalf of Zora by saying they are also life forms who are unconventional. Yeah. Um, and that really misses the point. Like, yes, there is sort of this, oh, Zora might be an integrated AI. And that's not really the core of the problem. The problem is a power is that there's a power imbalance. Right. Yeah. yeah. Zora has well, let's immense get to that. power over everyone and no one has power over Zora. Let's get to that. Let's get to that scene. Chris, is that scene next? It's oh, coming let's up. Let's get to that scene. Well, yeah, we, let's get to that we, scene we, so we can talk about it. Well, well, we talked about how Zora changed her primary programming. Yeah. Which yeah. is also a terrifying, like, yeah, right. yeah. That's yeah. horrifying. You should not, like, no computer should be able to change its own <laughs> primary program. Otherwise, hey, it's not yeah. primary programming. I, I, I agree, because yeah. I, I kind of had issues with this plot line, honestly, because I get what it's doing, honestly, and I, I find, like, the moral dilemma very, very, very interesting. And I'm not, I'm not team, you know, Zora should be expunged, basically, and she, her, but I do believe that, you know, Kovic comes on and basically just says, if we determine that Zora is a new light form, she has to be removed from the from the discovery computer, of which I agree. Yes, she absolutely should because wait, other way around, right? Oh, sorry. Yes, other way around. Sorry, sorry. I mean, and I just it, there's a power imbalance there. In the like, I I don't believe in having Zora permanently installed as the shipboard computer if she is going to be able to, is going to keep doing this. You know, I I just okay. don't. Yeah. I think, well, I think in the scene we're about to discuss, we do get a little more uh, of the other side of things of where she will be more um, <clears throat> um, open to uh, to working with them, just mm -hmm. even if she doesn't agree with them at first. And so I'll mm -hmm. talk through this sort of this mm -hmm. last set yeah. of scenes and we can, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can yeah. give, give our final our, our thoughts on it then. So we're back in the assembly room. Book and Tarka come together um, to sort of uh, rally for Tarka's plan. Um, I, and I, 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 this seems like it's a line maybe from the other scene, but I wrote down people wear grief in their own ways, but maybe that is something that Tarka mm. said, I think. Yeah, that's what um, Tarka says, because, yeah. um, they see, it pans to, to Tarka's, oh, right, the, um, neck slavery implant scar. Exactly. And says, like, mm. I had mine removed, and Tarka says, we all wear grief in our own ways. Also, right. Tarka's backstory is the Shawshank Redemption. 
What also sounds like there's like uh, I wrote I wrote Tarka trying to escape to a different universe using the power source with a doctor friend. DMA right. destroyed power source. Tarka's got to get to his boyfriend. Because I was not sure what was. Maybe they're just yeah. good friends. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying like, to put a queer lens on everything. Apparently, uh, who knows? Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. There was he's something going to more. Meet his good friend Andy in another universe. Yeah, yeah it felt like more than friends to me. They're very close friends. Yeah, and I mean, he wouldn't be the first um, queer-coded villain, although there's not a lot of queer coding going on, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a good friend, we're not sure, that's left to, to be figured out. We have to determine um, intent, Chris. We have to determine intent. We have intent. to de- we But this, this story, oh, this this story is... is how how he convinces uh, Book to address the Assembly, and Book does address the Assembly as the only living son of Quaishan, a speaker for mm-hmm. the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and he urges for the isolitic choice. Um, which is a choice B on your ballot box, FYI. Um, and, <laughs> and he uses his grief as a tool to, to try to, to sway people to, to, to join him in this choice. Michael, uh, at Rillick's insistence, does take the counterpoint after a little bit of... She's not... There's, there, it seems like for a second she's not going to do it, and then she does. She does speak for the um, for a peaceful approach. Uh, and then we're, we're back in the Zora meeting again, uh, and they're trying to find evidence of when her programming evolved, and it seems like it just spontaneously developed. They run a complete diagnostic, and it's Zora's subconscious. She's dreaming. We get a little bit of a clip show, which is always fun. Mm. Just some, some uh, scenes from past episodes or things that have put together to seem like, you know, she's dreaming of the, the people she works with. And Zora sees herself as a new life form. Um, and then we get this sort of mashup scene, bringing the two scenes together. Um, Stamets is working through his views on Zora, and Michael is begging uh, for diplomacy. Um, she's saying things like, the only way forward is together. And Stamets is talking about mutual trust. I mean, it's it's all these sort of things that about us needing to come together to trust each other to move forward, which is sort of a, a, the crux of both scenes, it would seem. And Book is saying, well, some differences are too great. Sometimes you have to accept the consequences of that. <clears throat> and Zora, Zora comes to the realization that they always take care and kindness into consideration and decides to share the data because of Stamets. Um, and then back at the assembly, we have the assembly vote, and it's peace by a landslide, and Book and Michael are left on opposite sides with Discovery taking the lead on this uh, new direction. And we can take a, a pause there to talk about all that's happened in that little mashup. Yeah. Was it a landslide? I think it, it looked like it was... Yeah, I think it, I did it okay. not look like a landslide to you? Not to me, but also I could I be. Mis- it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell how they showed it because of the hands, the hands thing. But then they have like but... a count at the end. Uh, um, Let's see. I'm actually going to scroll forward to see if I can see where that was. Because um, I saw, I remember seeing a lot on both sides. Yeah, maybe that was my bias, thinking yeah. that they should be the, the peaceful <laughs> choice that I assumed it was a landslide. Commercials, commercials. Yeah, it, They're I making w- me watch a commercial. I'm, I'm, I'm looking so at, yeah. It looks like, just from multiplying, it looks like it's 30 to uh, 20. Yeah, I'd call that a landslide. I don't know, that's pretty good. 60%? Uh, that's pretty good. That's better than we do in any of our elections. That's better than our <laughs> I don't think our election should be a benchmark for anything. I I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, true story. Uh, but so, I feel like it's not like an overwhelming yeah. mandate, you know, 30 to 20. Sure. Yeah. I skipped over the slow clap that happened after Booker <laughs> did a speech. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> and then everyone, nobody, and then there was silence, and then Tarka went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, and then everybody like started clapping after that. I also that love was... seeing Rillick look at Burnham and kind of like, come on, like speak up. Like I've been yeah. the other toxic. Yeah, yeah. I did I like that, that part. I did like that part because it's like, oh, Michael's always talking, always talking. And even Michael was like, God, Michael's like, I don't want to fucking do this part, but like, I don't like, want to do this. It's always me. It's always me. And nobody says anything. And it's like, yeah. okay, fine, I'll say something. But so I like I actually like that she didn't step up to talk right away. I thought that was I good. agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I think it shows that she she under she sees the nuance of the situation and certainly sure. the nuance of the relationship she's in and this probably means yeah that's gonna be i don't know why know, they're still together i don't know why these two are still together they are oh, not so they are know. having yeah. they are well, having some problems i can't wait to see them in couples counseling well, with uh yeah. <laughs> with coach okay. it's gonna be interesting well, well, wait a minute wait a minute no no i understand why they're still together because they love you know, each what... other it's love uh, maybe, but I also maybe. think that, well, I also think that like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of examples in our own personal lives, basically, where like you're seeing somebody and then something happens to them. And you're just like, oh, I was going to maybe break up with this person, but like now, like, and it's just like, and now you think she's going to break up with him before his planet exploded? Now just imagine that <laughs> the guy's planet explodes. It's just like, <laughs> that's oh, brutal. That's worth, oh, man. Like, Five months, six months? I don't know. I don't know. What's the calculus on that? No, you're in for life when that happens, babe. Yeah. You are in for life. I guess if the so. planet yeah. explodes, you're in. Yeah. No, you yeah. cannot leave somebody after no. that. Yeah. That no. is terrible. No, no. Oh man. Also, if anybody's leaving anybody, I feel like it would be Buck leaving Michael. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I feel like he just did, kind of. I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that is truly what. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. When we're yeah, we have we have one last set of things to get through, and that will include. Oh, I yeah, I have. Nope. I have a comment about, of course I have a comment, um, about the Zora thing. Um, nothing made sense about that argument as you guys were saying, <laughs> ex- until until uh, Saru said something. Um, he said, anybody could be a threat if they so choose. Yes, are you right. going to, like, are you going to, I don't have a, a, a fail safe button. Like right. I'm, a, so what they're saying is that Zora is not just an artificial intelligence that has that is a mastermind. It is a it is a being. It is a new life form. So if it's a new life form, you have to treat it like a life form, not a, a AI a robot. So so yeah. I I could I think that was the part that I liked that made sense to me. Like I could do it. I have all of the codes for everything. I could destroy the ship if I wanted to. I agree. And I, I thought that was a compelling argument. I feel like where mm-hmm. I keep falling down, though, is kind of the difference between, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, intelligence is one thing, but when you're specifically deeming something an intelligence, but asking it to act as equipment, you know, it kind of becomes this issue of, yeah. you know, like, like the, the, the individuals on the discovery are individuals, you know, whereas, yeah you know equipment is something that you rely on in order to function which is something you don't want to best bestow without with that agency you know well now it's a living ship so now it's something completely different that Mm -hmm. we need to figure out how to interact with because Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not just a piece of equipment it is a life form i was not at all persuaded by saru's arguments because it's true (laughs) like it's true that saru could try and destroy the ship if he wanted to but like in the star in star trek 
they like humans have been crewing ships for millennia now yeah. in the universe mm -hmm. and they have all kinds of fail safe like they've adapted yeah. security mm -hmm. systems as well like whenever in the next generation yeah. they need to sell it set a self-destruct sequence there are like multiple yeah. command codes required so not yeah. just one mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. can do it yeah, and good point, yeah. no one person has anywhere like near a fraction of the power that Zora has. Well, and also yeah. whenever that's the, whenever those codes were stolen and broken, it was an artificial intelligence named Data uh, impersonating that person's that's voice a saying, really good point. Picard, <laughs> Alpha, Beta, Zeta. That's the problem with voice commands. It gets to trouble every time. <laughs> yeah. uh, like but you scene, know, yeah, you're right, you're right. I feel like the scene really tried to have a lot of feel good stuff with Zora. And if you thought about it for more than a second, it was really creepy, like Zora's Dreams. Well, Zora's really creepy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Zora's, Zora's watching are... you. Zora's it's... watching you all the time. I mean, I mean, showering, yeah, Zora's yeah. watching having you and then sex, like, dream about yep, you. Yep. Going to the bathroom, yeah. having conversations. Per Don't there's no personal space with Zora, so we I... need to figure out how that's going to work out. I wrote down like you are being watched at all times by Zora. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you are. And like with Amazon Alexa and your Google Home, yes. which we have both of us in our house. So. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap up this this scene, which which dives yeah. into this anyway, sure. and then we yeah. can, we'll be through this whole episode, mm -hmm. and then we can talk a little bit more about that. But um, so we're back at that Zora meeting. Um, Kovac, Kovic asks Stamets his thoughts, tells Zora and Stamets to talk. Kovic said, and then finally, after they sort of talk it out, and uh, Kovic says that she is indeed a new life form, and she says it feels marvelous to be seen. <laughs> I feel as well as being seen, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. She's not Stewie. I don't know why I leaned in that direction. Um, and, and, and it feels marvelous being seen. Um, and therefore, <laughs> not under, yeah, that's my one skill I developed in grad school. When I was supposed to be learning to sing, I figured out how to do the impression. And therefore, not under the AI restrictions. Um, Stamets suggests she join Starfleet, which she agrees to. Um, um, and then Stamets asks, well, if I hadn't changed my mind, would you have extracted her? And Kovic was like, no, we would have reassigned you, idiot. <laughs> Which I yeah. say it that way, but it's that was like, for me. That, that was, was like, But it's true. Stamets was the problem. Absolutely. Nobody else was the problem. Right. It was Stamets. So Stamets. we would have put Stamets somewhere else because everybody else was okay with it. I mean, in reality, right. Zora uh, is a problem, but they're all just going to have like a feel-good ending yeah. instead of... Yeah. Well, they're going to wait until the end of this this season to let that be the actual problem that propels us into season five. When well, if Zora if Zora is okay, this is the final thing I'll say. But if Zora is not artificial intelligence, if Zora is a, a life form, is a being, then you would think that Zora has a sense of self preservation. Sure. And sure. if Zora has a sense of self preservation, you should be able to. Uh, learn how to trust them as another being, well, and that's why she created the failsafe too, is to prove yeah. that she put their her her well being yeah. in their hands. Which which yeah. takes us back to the scene where Stamets does indeed. They say we can destroy the failsafe now, and she's like, "Well, I can't. Only you can, because it wouldn't be much of a failsafe if I could destroy it." Yeah. Which is a good point. <laughs> so it's a nice yeah. gesture, but it's not like a real comprehensive solution, right? Like yeah, sure. Like you're not gonna have one person who's on like box duty at all times, carrying around the failsafe box in case the yeah. AI starts like speaking in a weird accent and like yeah. issuing threats. <laughs> case the AI uh, I guess, goes full, full, full supervillain. Yeah. Yeah. For for people who who don't who didn't see the episode, the failsafe that the computer that the integrated computer creates is this like little box. It's thing, a little so. box with a button. So, yeah. yeah. Presumably like. Don't touch the button. They sprayed an they sprayed an ant trap gray. They sprayed an ant trap gray. I, I want to press the button. What does the button do? But it's not like a real solution. Yeah. 
Well, there are a few I mean, more little things that happen. Just, just sorry, just because yeah, I really want to get, get through the end of the episode. Yeah. Let's uh, get so Adira and Gray, uh, Adira, so uh, Gray wants to go to Trill, which Adira immediately senses, and they they have a you know very sweet like you know I can tell you want to go kind of thing. Um, so and they decide you know there'll be a separation for now, but uh, Adira will take her there to get settled, and they'll be and they'll be fine. So um, Gray can go and begin her training in person or uh, for to become a guardian. Um, and at the assembly, the red hot romance between Saru and President <laughs> Torina <laughs> continues. And Saru brings a gift to President Torina of the cactus type plant that the tea that she gave him is from, which I was like, wow. okay, well, I love this. Mm-hmm. You know, page, page six, um, you know, uh, <laughs> Captain Saru seen bringing, uh, yeah, no, this is, this is great stuff. Um, and then finally, the last scene, we have Tarka steals a spare spore drive and convinces Book to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then Book takes Grudge and leaves Grudge with Michael with a note saying, take care of my girl. And they escape to go, um, uh, just, you know, take some isolated weapons and break the Kittimer Accords with the DMA. So, uh, yeah. and that's the episode. <laughs> and, and I, I love the Saru and Tarina scene, but my God, I hated the abrupt cut from their like saucy, romantic, like polite awkward but like so invigorating like flirting <laughs> to, to gray going like thanks for this opportunity while saying like goodbye there's like less than a second between like, <laughs> yeah it's a little yeah yeah, yeah. The romance for a little bit yeah yeah, they're trying to once again trying to fit too many storylines in because yeah, they those little queer family the, the 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 queer family they've created of you know uh, Stamets and uh, Doctor Culver Culper Col- Doctor Culver and Culver. Adira and Gray yeah 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 I like Separated. I clenched when that happened. Because I was just not, <laughs> not ready for it. I was like, let me have my little bit of like saucy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah let yeah. me simmer in this for a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me be yeah. a sauce and simmer. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys. Okay. This is the thing I thought. This is the last thought that I had. This is, this is not the last thought I had. Yeah. This I was like, oh, okay. Thought. Sure. <laughs> uh, I believe it. When... <laughs> uh, Rue and Targa go, in, go into a parallel universe. That is, come on, Star Trek has found a myriad of ways to get themselves into parallel universes. Yeah, yeah he, he can do it a different way. That oh. up. We can find a different way to get into that parallel universe. We can but, put a transporter something. But he's saying it's not the mirror universe, that it's some other universe, no, right? No, 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 it's a different universe. He needs specific power to get to this other yeah. specific mirror yeah. universe, par- parallel universe where none of this shit happened. Yeah, <laughs> there was no. They were like, we found a parallel universe where there was no no uh, burn, no burn, no green uh, uh, emerald chain. None of this happened. You didn't. Your planet didn't blow up. Everything is safe. We found this universe, but we need this very powerful thing to get us there. But I still feel like there's there's we could find another way to get you to that universe. <laughs> there's always a way. There's always a way. Anyway. That's it. That's all I have to say. Is that your is that your final thought on the episode? <laughs> we could have we could have found another way besides uh shooting isolated always, weapons at the DMA. Okay. There's always another way. We are oh, no, my final thought is we are more than the sum of our parts. We are oh. more mm. than the sum of our parts. Like okay. Sora, like us, like this podcast. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't have a final thought, but I do have a final question. Sure. Regarding, regarding yes i'll marry you god mike you really <laughs> all right i have a second uh, final sure. question okay great. um 
regarding Zora, basically, now that her status is established, um, you know, we were just, you know, heart, we were just mentioning like the fact that like Zora is everywhere and she sees everything. Does every crew person on the Discovery, shouldn't they like be consulted or at least have to sign something to be like, you're okay with this, right? Yeah. It would be like your workplace basically just going like, oh, by the way, we put cameras in all the bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're okay with that, right? They're just going to hit agree before they actually read the terms of service. Yes. Yes. Well, in a lot of ways, they probably have already agreed to be being completely surveilled. Yeah. By joining Starfleet. This ship has to go to the academy. I want this ship to go through the academy I, the right I, I, way. Data did it. Data did it the right just, way. Yeah. I'm just imagining a ship at a desk. Like there's like a whole <laughs> ship, like, a <laughs> getting bullied by other computers. Yeah, nobody wanting to sit with the ship at lunchtime. Um, yeah. I don't want to play volleyball mm-hmm. with the 3,000 megaton starship. Oh, the ship yeah. cheating on its pilot. The ship cheating on its pilot rotations and having to oh, be court-martialed God. and sent to right, Star Trek Juvie. That'll be great. That'll be yeah. really. I, I feel like the natural extension of this has to be like Zora overstepping boundaries in the future and just being yeah. like, you know, like, you know. Just telling Stamets and Colbert, just like, hey, I saw, you know, the, you know, the, the, the two of you. It looks like you're going through troubles because last night your quarters was like, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, no. Like, let's let's not have this conversation, Zora. Let's not do. Zora will be like, I I I was watching your uh, last yeah. night. You're lovely. Yeah, right. se- yeah, yeah. I, I found a new sexual position that will yeah. increase pleasure for you. <laughs> yeah, by thirty five. Zora's gonna be like, I was wondering if you were looking for a third. Oh. I can take wow. corporeal form if I really try. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> even even though I was taking notes while I watched, I was like, I was using, I was listening with about half my brain for all the parts that didn't have Kovic or the Saru and Tarina scene, mm. <laughs> because it just wasn't compelling to me. Wasn't, it was kind yeah, of it was, like yeah. vague, vague action. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's a fair. That's my assessment. harsh but honest final. <laughs> yeah, that's assessment. good. Because like suddenly it just kicks into another gear when Kovic comes on. I'm like, all right, yeah. mm-hmm. people like actually thinking about like tone and how the different characters would assess the situation and how they would reorient it to their advantage instead mm-hmm. of just like I will say vaguely inspiring speech and I will say vaguely inspiring speech in other direction and I will say right. another vaguely like you just you know. Mm-hmm. That's really I- what the whole assembly scene felt like. I, I have a thought about that, about, sorry, not to prolong this, I'm sorry, but, you know, one thing I was thinking, too, is that, you know, from our perspective, and I wonder if other viewers have a different perspective, but I feel like all of us are longtime Star Trek watchers, basically, and I think when you compare that to the characters you normally see on this show, they have, they're written in a very specific way where they kind of seem, I don't think this is a controversial thing to say, maybe a little bit immature, um, and with Michael, yeah. I feel like that's partially intentional because of her upbringing and the fact that she was very, very rep- rep- repressed and then, you know, found in Starfleet, basically. She's, like, trying to figure out her emotions. I feel like that was the, a direction they wanted to go with Michael. I feel yeah. like, yeah. But for everybody else, I feel like that. And Kovic feels like the one who most mirrors our experience as a viewer, basically just being like, look, I've been in the Star Trek trenches for a while. I've seen some shit, basically. You know, like, I know how this works. Kovic feels like the the person who's on that level, basically just like, yeah, I've been around for a while. I've seen some shit. And Saru. And Saru. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. But not really anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I think, though, like, if you, if you think... Way... Sorry, yeah. Go ahead. You go ahead. Well, just the way I'd summarize it is, like, when I think about that starship, I would not like to serve on it. 
Yeah. And I don't yeah, think, I think I've felt that way about a single other starship in this whole series, in the whole franchise. I, I do think mm-hmm. that it's similar to Voyager in that Voyager was, they were there, they weren't like the, the, um, what's the word? The, um, like the, the pride you know, of the, the fleet. Crop. Yeah. They right. were, they were, they were stuck together. They had to stick together. So they were not the best. Um, yeah. and this is another sort of thing of like, these are, yeah, they were on, you know, a. a a, a test ship, but the the people who have been on this journey on this ship for the past four years, they're there by a matter of circumstance in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, uh, or, or they're choosing to just fling themselves a thousand years into the future, which means that maybe things weren't that great for them <laughs> in the current time. Anyway, sure. so it's just it's 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 an interesting. Um, but they're faced with thought. adversity and they mature. Yeah, right. and I feel like there was no one ever on Voyager who you looked at them and you were basically just like. I'm not sure they should be in that job. You know, I feel like one of the very first Voyager episodes is about Balana basically becoming chief engineer. And, and from right. minute one, you're basically like, oh, she totally deserves that job. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's part of the reason why Tilly is the character is gone because I think like the character, like where can that character go now? She was like on this sort of journey of discovery and mm-hmm. like it felt like her storyline was done for me. Like, yeah. what are you going to do now, mm-hmm. Tilly? Mm-hmm. where could you possibly go she, she's on a journey of discovery but like part of the problem with her character is that one of her core like traits was to be bumbling and incompetent and mm-hmm. so like it didn't it felt like no matter how much she developed she'd always be stuck with that character trait yeah she wouldn't yeah. have anything yeah. and she yeah. had she had initially this uh dream of moving up in the ranks of starfleet and then like okay well now we're in the future where are we going to go from here so it made sense for that character to leave yeah. To me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. I don't know that I have a final thought on the episode um, other than, um, you know, I'm enjoying it. I, I, I have a lot of the same sort of um, qualms with it that you all have. I'm hoping that it will pay off. I think that's maybe my final thought mm-hmm. is I'm really hoping that these last episodes will give us a payoff that has made, will, will make some of these uh, less than coherent um, <laughs> plot devices mm-hmm. make more sense, perhaps. Um, yeah. But other than that, um, yeah. I thought, yeah. Well, well, good, good job, team. We we did it. We I covered the it. episode. That's I good. I love this show. I love the show. Yeah, I, I love am, the I... problems that the show has. I love all the <laughs> pros and cons. I love it all. The show is lucky to have you, Carrie. <laughs> yeah, but it's not just me. I'm not the listener. only one. I'm does anybody does anybody have any recommendations for thing other things they're enjoying even outside the Trek world currently? Um, books, yes. music, podcasts. Oh, podcast recommendation coming in hot. The Go beef Jay. and the beef and dairy network is oh. a. It starts out as like a kind as trying to be supposedly being an informative radio show about the beef and dairy industry in the UK, but it it's entirely made up and fictional and the you just get warped into this crazy world of fictional people whose lives revolve around beef and and it's bizarre and really funny oh okay yeah that sounds awesome i have to check that out that's great yeah anybody else with a recommendation i have one thing there is a show peacemaker on hbo max I don't necessarily recommend the show, but I do recommend watching the opening credits. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the and credits are good. you can watch the show. The show is actually, I think I actually, I've decided that John Cena is a good actor because it's 
harder to play comedy, I think. So I think yeah. if he's doing comedy well, he's probably a good actor because it's hard to get that timing. I just wish he would but work out. My God. I just wish he would work out more. But and be more confident with his body. You know, he yeah, doesn't like take off really, his clothes enough. So shy. But Why all the caftans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but anyway, just watch the I recommend specifically the opening credits of Peacemaker. That's my recommendation. You can just tell he's the kind of person who's never ever fought anyone, you know? No. Yeah, right. No battles for him, no no theatrical fights for that guy. Uh, <laughs> I do have a recommendation as well, which is the television show Yellow Jackets, which is on Showtime, mm. which is incredible, especially for if you grew up in the 90s. Jay, I know you were born in the late 90s. No need to remind us. Um, <laughs> but, I wasn't born yesterday, but yeah, close. It was <laughs> only 24 years ago. Um <clears throat> No, Yellow Jackets is about, um, a, in 1996, it's a girls' soccer team flying to nationals. They get in a giant plane crash in the wilderness in Canada. And they, they survived. They, some of them survived through this through an 18-month ordeal there. So it takes place both them during the survival of this plane crash. And then also in modern times, like what these women who did survive are like, what they went through. There's That's like, like an, based on a true story. Is it? I've heard that happen. That 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 was a movie. That's not. Well, it was alive. It was it was yeah. It was alive. This happened. Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah. And there's similar there's similar themes, you know, uh, yeah. um, uh, in that. Um, there's a little bit of there's some occult stuff going on. There's also just like cool. great 1996 like like girl drama. Like it's I love it. Mm. It's really great. It's really good, and I highly recommend. Also, Christina Ricci, Juliette Lewis, Melanie Linsky, wonderful actresses. Mm. Um, it's uh, well worth a watch, and that's my yeah. rec. Okay. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I just started rewatching, rewatching as in basically, I'm going to get further along into this time. I just, just started rewatching Outlander, uh, which is a show I definitely like. Um, I just, I just, Carrie's oh, done. Carrie hates Outlander apparently. I think she loves it. I think she might okay. love it. You can't even imagine that show and I'll be crying. I can't. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to end the show this way. Um, I'm stuck. So, yeah. No, um, because... Be, well, because and one of the oh. things I really like, I mean, you know, Carrie okay, was talking about. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> is Carrie was just, oh, go ahead, Jack. Yeah. Uh, is this something I'm too 24 to understand? No, this is only from like, the last six years. It's not like crazy oh. old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's on, um, it's on, it's on stars. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, because one of the things I like about that show is, you know, we talk about it's, it's, <laughs> it's time travel. But it's my favorite type of time travel where it's very, very simplistic time travel where it's like, yeah. we're not going to get you caught up in like rules or stuff like that. And we're not going to be jumping around time a lot, too much, you know, because the the premise is very simple. Basically, someone from the 1940s um, lands in like early, mid 1700s Scotland, and it's basically survive. That's it, you know, survive. Um, and it's really, really, you know, just take, just takes that basic premise and just with a real, real knowledge of, you know, the the history and lore and and all that and just kind of runs with it. And it's really, really compelling, and the performances are great. Um, yeah, the actress is incredible. She's so yes, good. Yes. Um, the only reason I only got so far to it is I think my star subscription basically just kind of came and went. So like I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 taking this as an opportunity to just like nope I'm 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 going further along. So I, I really like that show a lot. I love that. I'm fanning myself. I'm fanning myself <laughs> thinking about that show. I really would like to have a podcast that is just my favorite uh, fic, uh, genre, which is um, Scottish time travel romance. Outlander is not the only one. And really? I can go on about okay. it. <laughs> I can go on okay. about it. I love okay. it so much. 
Well, we maybe we'll save that conversation for another time, but I, lo- I would love to hear more at some point. Um, but since we have gotten our recommendations and our final thoughts, and we should come to a close, and we will um, close as we always do by reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. No, I'm kidding. We're not doing that. But good episode. Should, okay. Good job, everybody. Oh, <laughs> sing the, do the theme song, and I'll try to do the words. Sing the oh. theme song. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Of the starlight, my love is wandering in star flights. I know he'll find in star clusters reaches. Love, strange love, a star woman teaches. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I want you sent me those lyrics. I will try to make them match to the tune. We will. We will make it happen. We're about to get an email from the ghost of Gene Roddenberry saying, you owe me thousands of dollars. Oh <laughs> Are we not allowed to do those lyrics? Tell him, no. tell him I'm only taking emails from the ghost of Majel Barrett. Okay, That's thank fair. you very much. Fair.